Good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday to you. My name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock. It's time for Tim with Tim. We are in Isaiah chapter 64, about to finish the book of Isaiah. Y'all, it's a long book. We've been at it. It's been good. It's been really good. Uh, we'll have to today, tomorrow, and then Monday, and then uh, we'll be finished with Isaiah. So way to go. Uh, good job. Chapter 64 is beautiful. I love it. I love this chapter so much. Um, I think I said yesterday, it really is a continuation of what started in back in chapter 63, verse 15. So that last part of yesterday goes right into today. Uh, in verse 15 in chapter 63, it says, Lord, look down from heaven. And then in chapter 64, where we start today, it says, oh, that you would just come down, you know, burst through the heavens and come down to us. Uh, it's such an anguishing and beautiful prayer for God to come. And I love it. Um, I, I, I really do. I, I love this chapter so much. I, uh, I relate to that frustration of, of just not really knowing what in the world God is doing, if he's doing anything sometimes, you know, it just seems like he sits on his hands. You know, I'm just being honest. You know what I mean? Um, Remember the old days, uh, the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner cartoon hour, whatever, on Saturday mornings. Uh, this was my life, y'all. The Bugs Bunny Roadrunner, you know, cartoons. Uh, I think it was a whole hour. And back in those days, there was a little cartoon that would be played periodically. It was a little short. Uh, it was a silent uh, man who discovers this magnificent frog when he's working on a building, opens a box, and this frog can sing and dance. So remember that? That was a whole, you know, hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. <laughs> remember, remember what I'm talking about? Okay, whatever. Um, take my word for it. This is a great cartoon. And so he finds this frog that can sing and dance, but the problem is it won't sing and dance except for him in private. Like every time he takes him out to try to show somebody what his frog can do, the frog just sits there, you know, and croaks. And so uh, this man is ultimately, you know, driven insane out of this frustration uh, with, with the difference between what this frog is able to do and what this frog will do. You know what I'm saying? And so chapter 64 captures at a, at a much deeper, more existential level, the frustration we can feel with this God who is able to do anything. And yet at the same time, sometimes it feels like he won't do anything. And I'm just being honest. And it's the honesty you find in chapter 64, Lord, that you would just burst the heavens and calm down, you know, how the mountains would quake in your presence, you know? Where, where is God and why doesn't he come and why doesn't he do what he used to do? And, you know, as fire causes wood to burn and water to boil, your coming would make the nations tremble. So why don't you come? You know, the nations rage and mock him and evil is on this rampage in the world. And why doesn't he just come? You know, when you came down long ago, you did awesome things. You know, it's like, I know you can do it. You know, you used to do it. You know, gosh, you know, we can read the Exodus. We can read all those old stories in the old. We can read the Gospels, what Jesus did in the New Testament. It's like, yes, come do some of that, you know, right now. You know, we got wicked kings on this earth right now, as wicked as Pharaoh of Egypt ever was. So why don't you come down and 
turn a river to blood or bring a plague of frogs or, you know, fire from heaven like Elijah. Just do something. We know what you can do. Why don't you do something? You know, and this is the the, the tenor of this prayer in chapter 64. And like I say, I, I, I love it. I, I just do. You just wonder what in the world is, is God doing? When you came down long ago, you did awesome deeds beyond our highest expectations, how the mountains quaked, you know? Um, right now on Sunday mornings in Woodward, I'm preaching on miracles. And one of the things I keep saying is that um, the miracles in scripture, they're awesome, but they rarely lead to faith. They, they rarely lead to any kind of lasting, deep, uh, saving response to God. And, and that's kind of a puzzle because you would expect different, differently. But last Sunday, we, we talked about the feeding of the 5,000. Then in my Sunday night group, we talked about how the very next day in John chapter 6, the very next day after the feeding of the 5,000, the very next day, the very same people, you know, are up in Jesus' face saying, you know, what are you going to do for us? You know, why don't you show us the sign? What can you do? You, you know, like how very forgetful and also how very dismissive they are of what he's already done. I'm just saying that even Pharaoh, you know, who had the front row seat to all of the wonders of God, you know, during the Exodus, I mean, he had the front row seat to all of it. He had a head full of lice. He lost his son when the death angel passed over. I mean, you know, front row seat, but it did not soften his heart. It did not lead to saving faith. It just enraged him, you know? The Pharisees in the Gospels, they see Jesus, you know, and they see his wonders, you know, but, you know, they don't turn to him in faith, you know. They see him heal the man at the pool of Bethesda. They don't have any doxology. They don't praise God over any of that. They're just upset that it happened on the Sabbath. All I'm saying is we want God to come in some kind of power like he did in the old days, you know, come in power and shake this earth, you know, and trample out the wicked and um, obviously, God has a, a, another plan. We are constant sinners, uh, Isaiah says in chapter 64, verse 5. How can people like us be saved? You know, we are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds are like nothing but filthy rags, like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sins sweep us away like the wind. Nobody calls on your name. Nobody pleads with you for mercy. So you've turned away from us and turned us over to our sins. Yet, oh Lord, you're our Father. You know, um, look at us as we pray. See that we are all your people. You know, after all this, Lord, must you still refuse to help us? Will you continue to be silent and punish us? I love this chapter so much because it is such a uh, it is such a prayer that is answered so well by the gospel, you know. Lord, why don't you just come down? Well, you know that's what he did, right? <laughs> that's what he did. Jesus came down, you know. It's exactly, this is the prayer answered in the coming of Jesus. Why don't you just burst forth from the heavens and come down? And so that's exactly what God did only. You know, he didn't come down and turn the rivers into blood. He didn't come down and send plagues of, you know, gnats and flies and lice and there's no fire from heaven. None of that. No, no. When he comes down, it's a baby. 
God loved us and sent his son. And in the you know fullness of time, this baby is born of a virgin. It's a baby. You know, it's just the most shocking, surprising, you know, opposite kind of thing because we were expecting this, you know, shaking the mountains, but not at all. You know, a, 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 a baby comes because, as I said, it wasn't just that he wanted to, you know, flatten us with his power. He wanted to save us with his love. And so his coming is very, very different from what we would have expected um, verse four is just so beautiful. Since the world began, no ear has heard, no eye has seen a God like you who works for those who wait for him. I love that. No ear has heard, no eye has seen a God like you. You know, um, when Jesus comes, no ear had heard, no eye has seen. I mean, no mind had conceived that that's how he would save us. But in what other way could he really demonstrate his great love for us? In what other way could he show us what it says here in verse 4, that, he, that he's for us? He's for us. Man, if he comes and shakes the mountains, I'm going to hide under my bed. I don't know if this guy's coming to save me or not. But, but when he comes you know, as one of us, when he comes as Jesus, when he comes as a helpless baby, you know, Suddenly, I begin to understand. I think this God gets me. I, I think this God is for me. I think He's going to use His power for me, you know, to save me. Because again, my problem wasn't that I needed to be impressed. My problem was that I'm a constant sinner, and I really need to be saved. You know, He didn't come to impress us with His power, y'all. He came to save us by His love. No ears heard, no eye has seen. You know, this kind of God who works for us. Man, I, I love that so much. After all this, Lord, must you still refuse to help us? Will you continue to be silent and to punish us? If that's Isaiah's prayer, oh my goodness, the way that prayer is going to be answered in the coming of Jesus. I love it so much. Uh, we're going to pick up right here tomorrow. Again, just two chapters left. We'll be in Isaiah chapter 65 tomorrow, 25 verses. Isaiah 65 tomorrow, then Monday morning we'll wrap it up, okay? So I'll see you in the morning, Lord willing, 10 o'clock for Tim with Tim. Did I say I love you guys? I don't think I did. I love you guys so much. Thanks for being with me. I'll see you tomorrow.